you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down, bitch, about how I triple my fan base, man, worth bench. Can't say there's worse, bitch. Right, guys, Do something, fuck on? it, I Welcome prove something. Don't switch up, should have made your best I am your host, informant founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye. This week is going to be a really cool episode. We sat down with Angie Marie Ocone here in Minneapolis, Minnesota from Ocone Fitness. It is a nationwide fitness plan program now ran by Angie and her brother, and we talk about it in the podcast today. Listen, if those of you who have been listening to this podcast since day one, here is a set that I'm not proud of and that I've been trying to change, is we've only had one female guest on the show to date, and that is Ashley Horner. And I've been going out there and I've been swinging and trying to hit a home run ball to get some more females on this podcast because I believe they have just an equal part say within the world of fitness and they have a very interesting take on how they train compared to us males uh for those males listening to this podcast i think and i hope you'd agree the the females after even listening and talking with you know matt jansen who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago how they don't get the recognition that they deserve at events like the olympia where they're not allowed to walk on the main stage they do their their competition at the expo in vegas we need to give women some more recognition within this industry, within the fitness world, because they're an integral part of what we do. And they are 50% of the consumer base in fitness, if not more. Uh, with dietary supplements, for instance, I mean, there are a lot of women buying sports nutritional products as well that sometimes just are left ignored. And people are formulating these products specifically for men or hardcore athletes that don't necessarily fit the bill of a woman. That needs to change, and I myself have an open-door policy. I want more women to be on this show, give us an opportunity to shed some light on them, shed some light on their credentials, on their accomplishments. And Angie Marie O'Cone, who is a, a feisty female, and she, she has uh, – you'll, you'll see in the podcast – she has a very distinct personality, but she talks about why she's the way she is today, about all the things that she's gone through in her life, and she's not had an easy life. And that's really why I want Angie on this podcast is because she has helped touch and change and inspire women from around the world, not just in Minneapolis, not just in America, but literally around the world. And that needs to be that needs to be showcased to the world to see. I think that's super important for you guys and girls listening to this podcast to get an opportunity to get a, a, a slim peek into the life of Angie and, and kind of like what brought her to today and what brought her into the world of coaching and training and being a competitive bodybuilder and training other ladies to be competitive bodybuilders as well because she does not have an exercise science background in college. A lot of us don't. You know, We, we fall in love with the passion of, of fitness and sports nutrition and some other route. And there are a few of us that go through the, the exercise and sports science route in college, and that's great. 
but it just says that you can go other routes and still be, you can still achieve greatness and achieve the best version of yourself by just putting in hard work, the time, the consistency, and Angie's testament to that. So that podcast, that interview is what you guys are tuning in for today. I'm super excited to get you guys over to that. One thing I do want to note, we did this interview in person here in Minneapolis. She lives in Minneapolis, which is great. Um, the, the first half of the podcast, we recorded on my Canon camera. Everything was great. The mic system worked great. And then the batteries died like a bitch. So thankfully, I had my GoPro with me. So the second half, if you're watching on YouTube, it's gonna, it might look a little bit different. But the thing I want to tell you about is the sound is going to be a little bit different from the first half and the second half. So I'm going to do my absolute best to make it sound perfect. Uh, but just FYI, if, if things sound a little bit different on the second half of the interview with Angie, it's because it was recorded on a GoPro. And uh, my mic system, for whatever reason, the, the camera decided to uh, shit out on me in terms of the batteries. This week's pumped up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vasoblitz Blitz Pump Igniter. Not only is Vasoblitz Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award, for best pump product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When VasoBlitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this and more for only $34.99. And as a special listening offer for you guys right now, use promo code INFORMANT and save 15%. What am I pumped up about this week? Well, we just published a new ranking guide over at fitnessinformant.com that I'm super stoked about because it's one of probably the most searched topics on the internet. We finally have developed a, a ranking guide based on real tests, real results, you know, the full, full life duration of these containers. It is the strongest pre-workout supplements on the market today. This is what I'm pumped up about, okay? I'm pumped up about this because we look at the pre-workout market and we look at it in a different light. Like, the strongest pre-workout on the market today is an irresponsible product. Like, the legit strongest. That is the one that has 600 milligrams of caffeine. I think it's got something like 300 milligrams of DMHA, 150 milligrams of hornine or some shit like that. It's just irresponsible, okay? So we're not going to put that into this list. Our list is the strongest, safest pre-workouts on the market today, meaning that it's not just a stim bomb. It's not just filled with a bunch of stimulants that are going to get you that high and you're going to crash and lay on your couch later and feel like absolute dog shit. These are the best products that you can that you can buy with stimulants that are done in a way in which it can still be an effective product. So we have one through five listed over at fitnessinformant.com. That's something that I'm super stoked about, super excited about for you guys to go look at. And more of these ranking guides are coming out. We have best fat burners. And these, again, are different than a lot of the guides that you see online because most of the guides that you see online somewhere are based off commissions. So somebody is paying the person of that website or the person that owns that website actually owns a brand. But what they're doing is they're paying 30, 40, 50% commissions on every product that sells through that ranking site on, 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 the, on the ranking list. That's not the way FI works. We don't make uh, varying commissions based on products. Like our commission rate, you guys have listened to this before through affiliates. Like if, if somebody purchases something through FI, we get straight line commission across the board. So there's no reason for us to ever say we should put X product over Y because we're going to make more money. That doesn't, it doesn't work that way for us. And I never would allow that to happen because that's bullshit. And that would uh, take away from everything that I built in this brand. So ranking guides are based on real testing results from real personal testing. Uh, I've the, the current number one rated strongest pre-workout on the market. I actually ran that myself and I, I love it. I think it's really good. I think it's strong. I think it's effective. I think it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And you, uh, you never have a letdown gym session with this. So to me, that was number one. Again, these are revolving rankings. So that means they can change throughout the year. Something comes out next week that we try that we say, damn, this is really good. We'll place that at number one and move everything else down. So these are not like final rankings for all time. These are rankings as they sit as of today. 
Our Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically dosed, all-natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius Brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplement smarter today. Check out our full reviews and brand news on the Genius Brand over at fitnessinformant.com. My Genius Moment of the Week is more or less gym etiquette. Okay, so I, I, I run into this all the time. And I post about this on my IG story. It pisses me off. And it should piss you off too. Two things in the gym that piss me off. Well, three. We'll do three things that piss me off in the gym. This is the genius moment of the week. The genius moment of the week are three things that piss me off in the gym. Number one, when you go to the bathroom and you walk out of that bathroom without washing your hands. That is what pisses me off first and foremost. Like I see it happen all the time. You're going to go take a piss, touch yourself, probably piss on yourself. And then you're going to walk out and not wash your hands. Or you're going to go take a shit and you're going to walk out and not wash. What are you, what are you doing? You're going to go out and touch the equipment that I'm going to touch? Dude, do yourself, a, do us all a favor and wash your fucking hands. Female, same thing. Like, you're no, no better, right? Like, I mean, I'm not in the female bathroom. But if this happens on the female side of things, wash your fucking hands, all right? You guys are touching this equipment that everybody out there is touching. Be respectful. That's one thing I can't fucking stand is being disrespectful to the gym. The gym is, is a sanctuary. It's a place of worship. Worship those gains, right? So, so treat it with respect. Number two, not cleaning up your equipment when you're done. And what I mean by that is I went up to a, a flat bench just the other day. And you can see the outline of the person that was on it prior to this. Sweat outline. Nobody to be seen. Not one fucking person to be seen. What are you doing? Clean that shit up. Nobody wants to lay in your, your, your fucking sweat lake on this flat bench. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to put their face down where your crotch was. That's, that's all gross on this bench. Like, clean your shit up. That's why every gym should have bottles, disinfectant bottles, or disinfectant wipes somewhere. If it doesn't, find yourself a new fucking gym. Unless it's like Metroflex Dallas, and it's like super hardcore, and I've never been there. But I've even been to, uh, you know, like Quads in, in Chicago, fantastic old school gym. They have the stuff there. They should. It's fucking gross to lay in sweat from somebody else or to, to put your face in something that you have no idea what was used there next. So number one, wash your hands. Number two, clean up your shit. Number three, you guys probably know what number three is because I bitch about this a lot. But re-rack your weights, people. Jesus Christ. I mean, there's no reason that I should walk into the gym at 4.30 in the fucking morning and I see weights on the squat rack and nobody around. 2.45s on each side. And some people out there listening is like, why does that bother you, Ryan? Well, one, A, I have to use my time because I'm not warming up with fucking 2.25. I'm not doing it. Number two, it's not good for the bars. Those bars are expensive. They're like 500 bucks for some of those bars. Sometimes they're north of that, more. You can literally pay over $1,000 for a fucking bar. Having weights just sit on that and the force of gravity just keep pulling down is going to eventually put a bend into that bar. And again, I don't want to clean up after somebody else. Be respectful. You're a fucking grown-up. You're an adult. Pick up your stuff and put it away. It's not that hard. If you have time to take it out, put it on there, Grunt, squat, do your shit, and you don't have time to put it away. Don't give me that shit. Yes, you do. If, I, I'd love to backhand every single one of you out there who don't re-rack your weights. Or you leave your dumbbells lying all around the floor. You deserve to be punched right in the mouth for that. You really do. Anybody who wa doesn't wash their hands, doesn't clean up their equipment, and doesn't re-rack their weights, you deserve to be punched right in the mouth. That is a 100% fact of nature from right here at Fitness Informant. 
guys, you guys know now we're with Midwest Meals here at FI. Uh, we're super stoked about that. We're going to be coming out with an ebook of healthy recipes that you all can make at home. People struggle with their diet. That's the one thing they struggle with more so than often. So we're going to have more recipes over at FI. We just posted a new recipe on protein-packed protein bites using Nutribio's pancake and maple syrups. Check that out over at fitnessinformant.com. But I do want to give you a, a little diet hack advice here, sponsored by Midwest Meals. You guys can go to midwestmeals.com, use promo code informant, and save 10% off your initial order. This makes meal prep fucking easy. You get your, your macros. You can pick out a selection. I believe it was like 18 different signature meals. You have custom meals. It's fantastic. But here, here is the hack this week before we get over to Angie. The hack is replace your sour cream with plain Greek yogurt. It's simple. I posted this on Instagram as well, but a lot of people don't think about it. We use sour cream on, on a lot of things in, in this world. And, and why? Because it's delicious. It's great on tacos. It's great on chipotle bowls. It's great. Uh, some people have them in, on potatoes, baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, whatever it might be. That's great. Greek yogurt does the same, tastes the same exact thing and it's better. There's more probiotics in it. It's better for you. So go ahead and try it. If you are uh, um, somebody who uses a bunch of sour cream on something, go ahead, swap it out with Greek yogurt. That is your diet hack of the week being brought to you by midwestmeals.com. Okay, again, part one and part two of this interview are going to sound just a little bit different because Angie and I had done this in person. The first time uh, part one was done with the mic system and the Canon camera, the nice system. And then uh, thank, thank goodness I had my GoPro with me to capture the second half of the interview with Angie. So if you don't follow Angie on Instagram, make sure you do. We will make sure we post that Instagram handle on fitnessinformer.com. She's inspirational. She's motivational. She is, she is kicking down doors, and she is kicking ass. She is a badass bitch. And I don't like saying that, but I only say that because she says it's acceptable. She is younger than I am. She is accomplishing quite a bit so far in her fitness life, her fitness career. And I hope nothing but great things for her. And, and people that I've spoken to that have trained under her have nothing but fantastic things to say about her as well. So I'm going to shut my mouth Toss this over to my interview with Angie and I, um, and, and I appreciate you all tuning in to this podcast. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and keep up to date with us here. Give us a, rate, a rating and a review as well. How about that algorithm? And make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and of course, right here on YouTube, or if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, however you might be getting this podcast, enjoy the show with me and Angie Marie. The BAR Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder, you will see better pumps, you will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range, and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice.
For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. spent most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Gethin, and I am Cage Muscle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back inside the Be Informed Live Fit podcast on site in uptown Minneapolis, which I never fucking come here, by the way. Like, this is your neighborhood, basically. This is where I'm at, yeah. It's your stopping grounds. Uh, but it's an awesome area. This is like the best time of year in Minneapolis, too, because coming here, there's this lake called Lake Calhoun, yep. and people are doing this thing called cardio, where it's like you move your feet really fast. Yep. Um, but anyway, this is Angie Marie. Pronounce the last name, because I don't want to butcher it. So my last name is spelled Ocone. Okay. But... It's easier for people to say Okan. So, so I've already said Okan too. So yeah, Okan so is fine. Okon is Okan is the way to be. in like Nigeria they say Okon. Yeah. All right. Okan is totally cool. I'm good with that. And you're kind of a badass. I mean, I, I think a little bit, maybe. If you guys follow her on social media, Instagram specifically, uh, she's an open book. She doesn't hold back, and I don't expect you to hold back on the podcast. And I won't. And we're in a public forum right now, so people walking by are going to be like, what the fuck did she say? Yeah. And they're going to stop. <laughs> uh, but it should be good. But you are an inspiration to many females, many males within the space. You're what we'd call, like, you're obviously a trainer, an influencer to some standpoint, too, mm -hmm. with Instagram being the way it is. Uh, but before that, you have a whole other life that I want to talk about today and like oh, yeah. what, how we got to the point in which you are now. So I want to first bring up something <laughs> you talked about today on your Instagram story. Before fitness, you wanted to actually be a fighter until you got popped in the fucking eye. Right. So actually, I still train Muay Thai sometimes, right? I will hold, someone will hold for me, I'll hit mitts. Um, I wanted to be like Ronda Rousey, okay. badass bitch. I loved it. I trained for like three years and then my sparring partner, 
she punched me in the eye, and so I was like, cool, for sure, so what should I do now? Wait, was that the first time you actually got, like, hit? It's, I've been hit, but, like, it was the first time I wasn't, like, I wasn't ready for it. Okay. So my eye was open, I had my falsy lashes on, of course, <laughs> and she punched me in my eye, and I was like, all right, cool, for sure, not my thing. Did you suffer an injury, or was it you just, no. like, kind of like, whatever? I was just like, I don't think I can handle getting hit in the face. But, I mean, I should have given it more time and, like, tried a little bit more, but I also was like, I want to test the waters sure. with bodybuilding, so. Did you bodybuild while? fighting or while training Muay Thai? Yeah, actually. Okay. At first it was both. I was doing uh, Muay Thai, MMA style uh, training with bodybuilding and my then boyfriend was like my motivator. Like okay. He pushed me. He helped me kind of learn how to do everything. Um, but yeah, I was kind of doing both and then once I started competing I was like, this is my, this okay. is where I should be. Because you're still, like you're younger than me, I'm, but I'm also getting kind of old. I mean, we're so. kind of the same age. Yeah, no, old. you're super young. Anyway, um, so how long ago was it when you first got into Muay Thai? Like how many years from today? So I was like, if I'm being real, I was a lazy piece of shit before I even started doing any active stuff. I partied, I got drunk all the time, Ooh. all that fun stuff. Um, so I was like 24. Okay. When, or something like that where I was like, all right, I need to like change my life because I'm sick of being, basically I, I hated looking in the mirror and I hated being the bitch that I was. So yeah, I started when I was 23. Muay Thai. Muay Thai. So why Muay Thai? I don't, I looked up shit online. I was like, what can I do? Because I've always, I've always been like, I'm an athlete. I know I'm an athlete. I'm athletic. I love doing shit. I'm very, 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 very competitive. Okay. So I was like, this is kind of my sport or it looked like my sport. So I knew a few people who went there and I just showed up. Like I made some of my friends go with me, didn't know anyone, didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Right. And then, and you were doing yeah. it today, I think too. Weren't you doing it like earlier? Yeah, this morning we, okay. we did hit mitts. Which is cool. I mean, that's a, it's a form of cardio. I think that'd be a lot more fun. And I think you mentioned it too, like Stairmasters, Ellipticals, that shit is boring. Yeah. Unless you're watching some cool Netflix show or something, even then it's still boring. Um, it's good training too. Like if you ever have to fuck somebody up. You have a skill set. You to got do the it. skills. I may have used them a few times in my life. And we're going to get to that because I mean, I'm interested in that. <laughs> High school, did you play sports or anything? Is that how you became so, super competitive? You know, I really wanted to play sports. I was, I was an athlete I, when I was in junior high. Sure. I used to run. I was a basketball player. I loved all that. But I wasn't able to because my ass had to work. I'm in the same boat. I had to support myself. I had to put my own food on the table and all my clothes on my back. I had to work my ass off. So I wasn't able to do after school activities. I had to work. Where are you from originally? Uh, so originally I'm actually from this area, okay. Richfield. Um, but I grew up in a really small town called Arlington, Minnesota. Okay. Most people are like, mm, no, no idea where that is, but it was like 2,000 people. Sure. So small town in the USA. Really How far small. from the cities? Uh, 45-ish minutes. North? South. Okay. So like coming to the big city was a big deal? Uh, coming back up here? Or just like coming here like when you're younger? Oh, yeah. When I went to get, get my hair braided or smoke a blunt with my brother because, you know, <laughs> that's what the cool kids did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So then where'd you, where'd you get the competitive spirit? Um, I'm probably growing up with boys, maybe. Okay. I mean, I think it's kind of something that's in me. Like, I'm just, I've, my whole life I've been competitive with my sister, wanting to be better at everything, but also having my brothers who played sports. Okay. Um, and just boys. Boys are just more rough and tough, and so at least we, I try, think, we try to be. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I might be tougher than my brothers now for sure. They might not agree with that. But yeah, I think being like, around my brothers and having those siblings, it was kind of like competitive. Sure. So you mentioned earlier, like your kind of turning point into getting into fitness was you couldn't stand looking at yourself in the mirror. Right. I mean, was there anything else that contributed to the fact of getting into fitness or was it? Or oh you... yeah, I was the most depressed. Okay. Like I was a sad bitch. Like I hated my life. I mean, drinking alcohol doesn't help. No. Like it's a depressant. 
um, I was just in a place where I was like, well, what am I even fucking doing with my life? Like, I think I think everyone goes through that moment where they're like lost or like I have no idea where my direction is. And so I was just like, all right, what can I do to change my life? I'm sick of complaining. I'm sick of being sad. And so my first step was to figuring out how I could just take care of my body. Yeah, and you found Muay Thai and then you found the gym. Well, actually, at first I Googled everything. Sure. And then I went to, I would bike to the gym, my university, and just go there. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. But I just did shit. So yeah, how'd you figure out like how to do? I mean, you were looking up old bodybuilding.com articles or like? No, this is before like social media wasn't a thing. I didn't even know what bodybuilding.com was. I went on Google, like Googled workouts, Googled diets, and I just was like, what's healthy, what's not healthy on Google. And I mean, now looking back at what I did and ate, it's funny because it wasn't great. Yeah. But I mean, I, I had to start somewhere, and that's there wasn't a lot of things out there like there are now to help get people started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like your platform right. as well. That's right? what so I have now. When, yeah. did you, when did you launch OkanFitness.com? So Okan started in, what year is it? Uh, 2019. Yeah. Okay, so we started in 2016 was the year that we really took the leap, but we started, you know, building it out in 2015. Okay. 2016 in April actually was when we were like, it's time, let's just do it. We got to just because it's scary. It's like really scary to quit your career, quit your life, and just have faith that this is going to work. Right. And my brother, who's my partner, was like, we can do it. Let's do it, Angie. You've got to do it. So finally, I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's just do it. What were you doing before it? Uh, I was a marketing director for a Ford dealership. Where you were? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you, and you didn't like it? I mean, who really gives a shit about cars that much? Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, there are people who care, but I did not care about selling cars. I loved my job, though. The owner was like... Honestly, I got the job because I was graduating school and the owner loved me and I was a server. I had like four jobs. Okay. And he was like, do you want to get a job after college? I was like, uh, you bet I do. So that's how I got started in that. What'd you do in college? Uh, for school? Yeah. I went for communication and marketing. So no fitness background. No, nothing. Thing, not, so, which not is, at all. Which is totally normal, by the nope, way. Nope. Yeah. Um, you, get, you get several of the, the nerds like Adam Bisek, and I'll call him out because he's my buddy. Oh, yeah. Adam like, is so intelligent. Super Absolutely. smart. And we've had him on here before, and like listening to him talk. Makes you feel stupid. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely does. And when he gives you a nod of approval, you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there are, there, are, there are two paths to this industry that, to be successful in it. And really, it's like you can go to school full time mm -hmm. and get that certification that way and then go on and do 20 different certification programs like he did. Right. Or you can hustle. And, it but, it and you like can get education as you go. Oh, yeah, like, and absolutely. that's one thing I, I really wish I would have done because I kind of went to school because I was like, I have to go to school. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to do. But now that I've had the time to figure out who the fuck I really am, yeah. now I'm going back and getting like certifications and degrees and, and further educating myself because I do believe in being mm -hmm. educated. If you're going to tell someone how to do things, you should know. Right. I do think experience is really important too. Like mm -hmm. having that experience with people is huge. Um, but yeah, going in and getting those certifications later on in life is totally doable. Where in your life did you make the decision to step on stage? Um, so after I got punched in the face, somebody actually I did a 5k. That was my other thing I did. I ran. A lot. Believe it or not. I was yeah. like, oh, this is healthy. I didn't know. You know, I thought that's what was going to make me ripped and whatever. So I did a 5k. I posted a picture. I actually talked about this recently and I had a solid six pack and I was still eating things like ice cream, but okay. that was because I did hit or I did a Muay Thai. Uh, but some girl was like, girl, you should really do a competition. And I was like, competition, what's that? And so in my mind, you think bikini competition 2012-ish, mm -hmm. you think like, you know, like pageanty. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up and then I, in 2012, I did the first Minnesota show. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this is actually pretty fun. Which one did you do? I did Minnesota State. Okay, and how'd you do? I got third place and I was really mad. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, actually, that's pretty good. It's not terrible for your first No, time and then I was, but that motivated me. I was like, fuck that. I deserve overall competitive. 
And I went and did another show like three months later, North Star, yep. and I won the overall. And North Star's in AIM, in AIM Center in Burnsville, right? Down yep, there? it yeah. was, yep. So how many shows have you done? Uh, I think 14. I'd have to really go back and think, and I don't want to sit here forever and do the math, but I'm pretty sure 14 or 15. Where are all your medals and trophies? Where are they? Yeah. Uh, in my storage unit. Okay. <laughs> that's, 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 but most people do that. Like, they have yeah, like, one mean, trophy out. Like, I uh, talked with Ronnie Coleman on the show, and he has, like, them all across his house, but, yeah. like, some of them are, like, put away. Oh, I'm going to have a trophy room at you some need point to. when I move into a place where I have the space. But right now, I just, it's in my storage unit. You mentioned on the podcast, or not the podcast, on your IG story that I resonate. So, one of the big things in my life that scared the shit out of me, when I was younger, I was 14, I walked in my house, I saw my brother had a kitchen rag over the top of a Glade aerosol can, and he was huffing in it. Okay. So, I saw him doing, like, and I would pack bowls for him all the time, and I'd see him do coke, and all these things, and I scared the shit out of me. Right. But you mentioned, like, your drug use, which <laughs> I think is super relevant because people go through stretches in their life of things that... They can look back on, they learn from it, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. How'd you get involved in that? And then, like, how'd you, how were you able to pull yourself away from that? So, when I was, so I grew up, we'll go back to Arlington. Yeah. There's not shit to do in Arlington. Sure. So, most kids that grow up in a small town, what do they do? They do drugs. Let's just be real. A lot of them do drugs. Yeah, drugs or they try them. Yeah. So, um, I was 14 and I was doing not meth. Not young. Wow. Yeah, I was doing meth. I was doing, I smoked a lot of weed. Um, I did literally everything except for like heroin. Um, so I did all that stuff. I thought I was the coolest little baddest bitch in the world. And then I realized when I was graduating soon, like I was 17, I was like, I don't want to be this. Like, I don't want to be this person. And it's crazy to say that I did meth for like probably four months. And then I literally was like, let to my girlfriend, I was like, let's not do this. Like, what are we doing? And most people can't say that you they hear just horror stopped. stories all the time. And you see right. the pictures of people. Right. Like, what so I just decided, I don't even know really what the moment was, but I was like, I want to be somebody. I'm going to be somebody in my life. So this is the first step is getting rid of the drugs. I got a job. I mean, I already had a job, but I got a job where you had to take drug tests. Yeah. Um, and so that was where I just really was like, all right, I'm done. I can't do this shit. Like, it's not going to make me who I want to be in my life. So I cut all that shit up. Do you have people that reach out to you now and ask you about it and like, turn to you for inspiration? There are some, but I don't really, I realize I don't talk about it that much, but I'm hoping that doing more podcasts yeah. and stuff like that will give me the platform where people feel like they can ask me questions like that. Cause I'm super open. Like yeah. I will talk about it all day long. I don't give a fuck. Like some people will be like, Oh my God, do you tell people you did meth? I'm like, I don't do it now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did it. I did a lot of shit. Like I got arrested. I did a lot of <laughs> shitty things. Well, you're not, you're in a position where your platform is so big. Like we were talking before we came on the air about like your Instagram is what, like a hundred thousand. And so people turn to you for, I mean, they, they religiously watch your stories and right. they, they use you as somebody in their life that they can look up to and you have all this experience that can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So looking from the outside now, away from the 14-year-old that was, was involved in all this, like what do, what do you take away from that? In, like in, my, what I grew up with. Yeah, what, I like, went what do you take away out of that? Because so, you said you wouldn't change anything. Like oh, you, fuck no. You love it everything. All. I mean, this is just the tip of my life. Like there are much worse things that happened to me growing up than doing drugs and living on my own when I was 14 and basically being the outcast of my family. I, every single thing, every single hardship, every single terrible thing that's ever happened to me literally has made me this bitch today. Like yeah. I love saying it that way because I am, I am tough and I, it's not because I had an easy life. I am very opinionated. I'm very much who I am, but I've been through hell. And because I've been through all that shit, I am the way that I am now. I'm very accepting. I'm very loving, but I'm also very, very harsh. I'm very down to the point. Yeah. I'm a fucking bitch if I have to be too, because I've had to have my own back. Yeah. So everything I've been through in my childhood, in my young adult life, 
has made me such a strong person today. So I'd never take any of it back. None you, of it. Do you envision, like back then, did you envision yourself being like where you are today? Fuck no, no. I, <laughs> I had no idea. I honestly was a lost girl. Like I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had no idea. I knew, but I, I will tell you this. I've always had this bit of me. I've always known that there's something about me that was different. And I knew that I was going to do something to change lives and to impact the world. I just had no fucking idea what it was going to be. And now you're changing lives like every single day. Right, that's yeah. crazy. And I love it. Like that's, it's amazing. And it's amazing that now when I look back as an adult and I saw that sad girl who went through all that shit and like all the things that I thought like, why is this happening to me now? I'm like, I wish I could go back and be like, honey, this is why. But you know, all those people who are going through what, I'm, what I went through, right. I can say that now like, hey, these are your, these are going to mold you. These are going to shape you. These are your building stones to getting mm -hmm. you to the person that you're going to become. Yeah. It's super cool. I mean, and I love the fact that you're so open because like I mentioned, it's going to help a lot of people. And now right. that you have your own podcast, which we're going to talk about here today as well, and that people can t tune in, right. get more info from you and not yeah. have to like hit the play button on Instagram all the time, but they can actually like stream in their cars or yeah. whatever. Um, 14 competitions. When did you decide like, Hey, I know my shit. Maybe I should go get like certified and start getting these certifications and I can start try to help other women and people. So do what they want I to do. never wanted to be a coach like ever. When I first started doing it, I was just like, I love this. I'm so passionate about competing. I love everything about being an athlete. Um, but then after a while, I started realizing, like, I have family members. I have people that I love very much in my life who don't understand health and fitness. And the more I got to understanding it and learning about it and how simple it is, mm -hmm. and then seeing all the fucking bullshit online, like, fucking waist trimmers and fit tees and shit. I'm not fucking kidding. Like, no, all you. that bullshit and people paying into it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to do this new diet. There's this new diet. It's like, no, fuck that shit. So I decided I wanted to educate people and teach them the things I wish that I would have had when I started. I wasted a lot of money not having any idea what the fuck I was doing. And so my big passion was to help teach, educate, and help people to be able to be healthy and love themselves because you don't want to go your whole life living in a body that you don't feel comfortable in right. and hating yourself and not being able to be that sassy, sexy, bad bitch that you are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been like my biggest motivation in getting this business going was to just help other women, especially men too, but mostly women to just fucking be empowered. Were you scared the first time you, talk, you brought on a client? Like, were you a little nervous? No, I kind of knew what, what I was doing with the motivation side, but I was nervous about helping them like knowing how to help them and changing things and knowing like learning their bodies and understanding like everyone's really different and kind of realizing as, I, as I've grown as a business owner that everyone's gonna need something different from you. Mm -hmm. And so they, they were all great. My first clients were, I'm so lucky. They were awesome. They worked hard, so. I asked Adam the same question because I'm in the same boat. Like I love helping people through right. what I have as a platform, but there are just some people that you try to help that unfortunately it just doesn't work. But it, we take it personally, and at some point, you kind of have to let yep. that go. But do you remember the first time that you experienced failure as a coach, whether it be maybe just somebody had a weight loss goal and they just couldn't hit it, and you knew maybe they were cheating on their diet or whatever it might be? Did you take it personally? So I used to take it personally, and now <laughs> I'm not. I always tell people when we do our consults or we talk on the phone, I, and they all hire me, I think, for this exact reason. I'm going to tell you exactly how the fuck it is. Like, this is what it is. This is what you're doing. Here's what I know you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you don't change it, you're done. Right. I'm not going to invest my... I'm investing in them, and they know it. Like, I'm giving you 120%. If you're going to give me 20, and I'm giving you 100, you're never going to see the results. And I used to be like, oh, what am I doing? And then I realized, shit, I'm doing everything I can. So it's going to be up to them. And I tell them that. that it's your plan. Right. It's going to work or it's not and it's going to be up to you because everyone can have the same exact plan. Let's just be real. Everyone can be following very similar plan. One person can fucking blow it out of the water and have incredible results. Another person can just 
fall on their ass and have the shittiest you know what like no transformation whatsoever yeah. and so I realized that that's the thing is like if they want it they're gonna work for it if not I gave them the tools they just didn't use them are you like the female version of CT Fletcher now is that what you're gonna go you know for? maybe not as extreme yet but maybe because I mean he's got I love time. him he's a boss he is a boss he's but now you're badass. the boss I mean yeah and I'm younger and I think I'm a little bit more sexy than him yeah maybe. CT has day he's a little <laughs> little older now um, so failure obviously comes one thing that I think is super interesting from the competitive standpoint is not necessarily, I mean, you, the failure on stage is never a failure, like from the outside, like placing second, third, fourth. Right. It's not a failure, but the ladies, the guys, they take it a little bit differently when they're that close. Yeah. How do you coach to that versus the physical aspect of it? Because the mental aspect, some people take it super hard and it's hard to get over a, you know, you're, you're in first call outs, you get called in the middle in the, in the morning and that night you finish in third. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have a really great, this is my new thing. Um, expect, have no expectations, expect nothing, be grateful for everything. Go into it giving 100%, but don't have expectations to be right. winning. I tell people you are a winner, have the mindset of a winner, but don't go in there acting like if you didn't win, that someone wronged you, because it's a subjective sport. Yep. I say it over and over again, you don't know what they're looking for, unfortunately, especially for bikini, it's really tough. You don't know if they, maybe they like my look better than your look, so that's why they pick me. Maybe you're a little too soft, maybe you're a little too hard for their taste. So I always tell people, go into it being happy with how, the, how you look. Walk off the stage, no matter how you place, being holding your head high, sure. I did this shit, I looked how I wanted to look, you know what, better luck next time. But it's easy to say that. But they, but you know, they but will do it. I but tell, you, you've had them not do that. You've I've had, had them not do it, and then I'd be like, what did I tell you? Sure. We went over this, this is how it is. You're, I mean, no matter what, you don't want to lose. I don't like losing. No, nobody does. I don't walk off stage and be like, yeah, last place. But I do, <laughs> I mean, no one does that. But I do get off stage and say, you know what, I'm happy, I worked my ass off, let's go fucking have fun, let's enjoy this, and then when we're done with this, back to the drawing board, we'll figure out what I need to change. So you mentioned subjectivity of, of the bodybuilding sport, which is always sort of a controversial topic when it comes to bodybuilding, bikini, physique, right. figure, whatever. So you have the, the punts on the outside. Like Mark Lobeyer is a, I don't know if you know who he is, he's kind of like, he's a male, he's, he owns NTS Nutrition, he's very popular in the fitness world, but he's been, he's been on record of calling bodybuilding shows a, a beauty pageant, and he's done them. He's done them himself. Because in a sport like basketball, there's an objective outcome, right? Yes. You have a winner and you have a loser. Exactly. Versus bodybuilding, which, is a sport for what you have to put into it, uh -huh. but at the end of the day, that day on stage, there are people who sit below you in a low, low dim light atmosphere that cast judgment on you. Yeah, it's you're a being subjective judged. outcome. Oh, yeah. So, is bodybuilding a sport? The competition. I think it's a sport. I do absolutely think it's a sport. Um, that's a good question. I wish I had time to think about that a little <laughs> bit more. It's always good because I mean, I think I sit back and think about it too because I know how hard people like us work in the gym. We work our asses off, right? Yeah. So that's a sport in itself. I mean, you're not winning and losing, but you're working your ass off. And at the end of the day, you have somebody that tells you maybe you weren't good enough that day. Like, we're to be classified bodybuilding. Like, yeah. there's there's elements of sport. Right. There's elements of pageantry to an extent. I think it could be a mixture of both in a lot of ways because it's a, it for sure is a sport and you can't take it away from the people who are athletes. We're athletes, we work our asses off to get on the stage. Our sport is competing against one another. And in a lot of ways it could also be looked at in some sense as being a beauty pageant because it is subjective. You are being judged by people and they're deciding sure. your fate essentially by how pretty or yeah. how, how your body and your proportions are and how aesthetically pleasing you are. Well, there's a posing part of it too, which is like 90% right. of it sometimes. Like you can work yeah. your ass off and your right. posing routine can, can suck. And then right. that costs you, costs you the first whole, place, yep. which, is, which is crazy at times. Um, there's more about bodybuilding that I want to get into. We're going to take a quick break, come back, okay. uh, and some more in-depth hard-hitting stuff. So we'll be right back after this.
So this is it. The new flavor is in production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. burst of candy with a hint of tart, giving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulation, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. Brand, no! It just kept going! I want to talk about the Greens blend. Take us to the promised land, Wilkie. The fruit's so nice, they named it twice. Ghost Amino is all the mango. Wow. Thursday! Most recently, Matt Jansen, who was the trainer of Dallas McCarver, who everybody knows passed away, um, and his testosterone was like, rough. But it's not just bodybuilding, it's football, baseball, basketball, etc. Like, these drug use is prevalent. It's prevalent from, from somebody just walking on the street. But it's prevalent within the female side of bodybuilding as well. Both bikini, physique, and figure. Yep. Every use. Uh, I shouldn't say every use. It, it, it's used more often you know, than people probably are led to believe. So, your experience of going against people that you knew were on drugs. Mm -hmm. Because you're drug free, right? So, what do you? What's your take? So, well, initially when I first started, because I didn't actually know that women took it. I didn't actually. It sounds really naive, but I didn't know that women did it until after I got my pro card. Okay. Because I was sitting with. Some so you people, won your pro card naturally. Right. Okay. And the girls that I actually won my pro card with were some people. I'm not going to say anything. We're talking about what they're taking, and I was like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck is bar? They were just saying bar. And the, like they were saying all these names, and I was like, they thought I was playing, and I was being funny. I was like, bitches, I'm fucking serious. What the fuck is this shit? So my thing is, my my mindset with it has always been, because I'm like I told you, I'm really competitive. I believe that I'm good enough or better than some people to the point where I don't need to take that stuff. Sure. That I will work hard or work harder than anyone else in order to accomplish the goal without needing to take it. I also feel like my genetics. Unfortunately, for other people, help sure. me a lot because I'm half Nigerian. Okay. So that helps. I mean, if you know anything yeah. about African genetics, it does help. But I also just naturally have always had like a higher testosterone. What I've gotten tested on younger, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I don't really feel like it's something I'll ever need to take. Um, I do know the benefits of taking it and how it can help you look drier. I've researched it, um, but just for my personal life choice, yeah. I don't believe in it. Um, do I think I could look better on stage if I took it? Probably. I mean, anybody could. Right. I mean, and if I, you utilize it the way they're supposed to be utilized. Right. Sure. Yeah, I, I for sure. And it would make it a lot easier, I'm sure. But it's just morally something I've chosen to not do. Now, my big thing is people are like, oh, so then you're against it. No, I'm, I'm absolutely not against it. I don't think there's anything wrong with girls who take it if that's what they choose to yeah. do. They're educated on it. They understand the side effects if it's done 
everything correctly, um, there's nothing wrong with it if that's your choice. I do it, some people have been like, oh, do you think it's cheating? Because you're going up against people and you're not taking it, so it's almost like they're cheating because they have to step ahead. To me, it's like, you know what, if I beat them, it's even more sweet yeah. for me to be like, they're all on shit. It just means you've worked hard. Right. right? I mean, and I just genetically might even have a better discipline as well. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people will, like for me, since we talk about this, I always get a finger point at me and say, you're this big because of steroids. Mm -hmm. you know? I wasn't on steroids until August when I was put on TRT from the doctor because they were fucking dead. But before that, I was big. But like, for me, for the longest time, when people accused me of taking steroids, I was like, that's a huge compliment. Thank you very much. So when people oh, I get accuse offended. you, you get offended. Well, I used to get offended, but I've also learned that no matter what it's safe, people are going to decide what they want. Well, right. Exactly. Even like I told you, Andrew was like, I always thought you were on it until I lived with you a day in and day out and saw that you didn't take it. Yeah. I used to get offended though because I felt like I worked so hard and that saying that I take that takes away from my hard work. But I also know that no matter what, even if you do take it, you still have to work hard. Yeah. Like you, even if someone's like, oh, they take steroids. Okay, well, if you took steroids, you still probably would look like it. Right. So it is, it's now to me, I don't really give a shit. Say I take it, say I don't, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I work my ass off the same way someone takes steroids. Well, I mean, like, like you just mentioned, you can pin yourself instead of a couch. Not right. You got to still put the work in. You get um, huge. Exactly. Always got to get huge. Um, females go through a really tough diet compared to the male side. Like, your body is not meant to be, get lower than a certain percentage nope. of body, yep. right? And as a female, when you get below that, like, I'm not gonna say it's dangerous, but it's not your body. It's, it's not, not healthy. healthy. No, right? it's for sure not and some females don't bounce back perfectly from that. Okay. Where then at some point it forces them if they're competing time and time again where they actually have to go on a hormone replacement. Right, there. yep. Um, what is, I mean, you obviously are good I'm so lucky. I've so never lucky. had any, like I, there's no way to knock on it. I've never had any issues with hormones. I've never, I had maybe one bad reverse diet, but that was when I just didn't care. Sure. But I have seen a lot of people struggle with post-show and like hormonal imbalances and having to take drugs to get like yeah. hormones to even get pregnant. So I haven't had a personal experience with it, but I've seen a lot of my friends and like people who compete with me struggle. Do they turn to you for advice? You know, you haven't personally been through it, but like support, motivation, something that you can, or if, if, and if they do, like, what are you able to provide? I mean, I try to provide like motivation and kind of being like, hey, you know, you'll get through it. Talk to a doctor or a professional or someone who can help you. Mm -hmm. um, and also sometimes I want them to reflect on who they work with and maybe what could have been better or done differently. Um, and also being smarter in the future, like you know it's not healthy to be 9% body fat for a year. Like you know, like come on, you know. So if you go through all that, then you're suffering from hormonal imbalance and then you're like, I'm gonna compete again, I'm balanced. Then you also have to be like, okay, but now I know if I do all these things, this is what's gonna happen to me. So how do you approach with your clients, nutrition, it's super important, Huge. right? And then to get them to that body fat percentage and once they get there to maintain that, they're healthy. They want to stay. Yeah, they want to stay. They're like, okay, how do I stay here? I'm like, well, the whole time I tell them, you will never stay there. Mm -hmm. You will not maintain that. You will gain weight post-show. And usually they're like, I don't want to gain weight. And I'm like, well, I don't care what you want. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. So my big thing is, I always tell them, if you're going to slowly take things out and bring yourself down to the size, you have to slowly bring that stuff back up. You have to slowly bring those foods back in. You can't just go from eating really clean to going and like eating Jimmy John's or whatever crazy food that you want. So that's kind of my, my take on it, where you have to be okay with gaining weight. And that's why I always tell people, love yourself throughout the whole process, because you're going to be, as girls say, fluffy, and you're going to be lean. And I don't know why they say fluffy, I've never really said that, but you're going to have to love yourself and just accept your body always. Social media is helpful, but it's also uh, damaging to, to so, these ladies and yeah. to men um, as well, especially... Man, can I just... I, oh, this shit really pisses me no. off. I see girls 
this shit is not real, first of all. When you see girls that are posting post-show, three months post-show, looking like they're on stage, it's because the bitches are reposting their pictures. They go do photo shoots weeks out before their show, mm -hmm. and then all they do is just repost them. And then the pictures that they do post that are them now are their booties. Because yeah. it's like, oh, my booty, but let me make sure I have my angle so you can't see that I literally have no abs. That shit pisses me off because it makes girls think like, oh my god, what's wrong with me? I gained 25 pounds for show. I don't look how I did before. Because you shouldn't fucking look how you did before because it's not healthy. Which is why I am always like, I will, this is me. Big, little, I will always show it because yeah. it is what it is. Well, that brings up an interesting point because we had actually gone around and we talked about oh, yeah. Instagram and pictures being posted. And she said, you know, I'll admit, like, I have pictures that were posted. I was younger and I'm not proud of it. Yeah. And so we talked about the female side of things. I'm posting some of these booty pictures and some photos in which you can say what you want about them. Like, girls have every right to feel beautiful and close Right. At the end of the day. Right. Is there a line that should be drawn? So my thing is, <laughs> I believe that, oh man, because bikini competitors, the shit that I can't stand are like the heels in the gym with the literally underwear thong and you're about to lift. Like, I think there should be a separation between what I consider would be softcore porn and like being like, hey, this is my my body. I work fucking hard. I'm in the gym hustling, but yeah. you're not ever. I've never seen anyone in the gym looking in, in high heels and underwear. No. So like, I do think that it's important for people to also re remember like, okay, I might have my future husband. I mean, most of your your husband should be accepted, whatever. But my future baby children looking at these photos, do I want it to be an angle where it's literally like the come fuck me angle? Or do I want it to be like, hey, these are my glutes. I post my booty, I don't care. But I also know that I have my brothers watching it. I have my little niece eventually will be watching my stuff. And so I want to make sure that I'm someone who provides or shows my body in a way where I'm like, I'm proud of it. I love how I look, but I'm not doing the come fuck me shit. That's my Which, thing. A lot of people do both. And, and it's okay, I mean, again, it's your choice, and I think people should do whatever the fuck they want, but me personally, I think that having respect for your body and not putting it out there in a way where it's like, literally like you're doing softcore pornography, yeah. unless that's what you want, you should be a little bit careful of the stuff you put out. And then you get the the DM request, probably like crazy. I gotta imagine that your shit blows up. I mean, I, I put people on blast a lot, so I think people are afraid to send me DMs. Yeah. Sure. I've done that on purpose. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that you always get from dudes that they repost, and it's just like pathetic. Oh, I repost all of them. Yeah. It's like fucking pathetic. It's just, oh, yeah. Like, how does anybody think that's a good idea? Here's the thing I don't like is when people are like, oh, you shouldn't post that because you're going to get thirsty DMs. No, no, no. I shouldn't have to monitor what I'm saying or maybe make myself lesser because of how a man is going to interpret what I'm saying. Men need to change how they respond and treat and talk to women. Even women. Do you ever, yeah, I'm sure you've probably got women DMs before. Like sex? Yeah, you got to. Right? I mean, yeah, but I usually like, oh, I take it as a compliment. Okay, well, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, they're like never. Said, they're not the same caliber. Yeah. Like, if their girls aren't like, we're pretty here's vulgar. my dick. Yeah. yeah. Come, come sit on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is definitely not right. No, 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 no. So like, you know, it just brings it up. It's like, okay, some of these pictures that you see, you're getting likes for. Some people say you get likes for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Versus posting content that's engaging, that's educational. Mm -hmm. So you do a good job of trying to post both. Right. right. Like, how do you balance between, like, here's how I look today, I look gorgeous, versus, like, here's a here's what I did for one time this morning, and here's how I can benefit you for your cardio and whatever. Like, do you have a balance on how you try to do it? I'm, I like it plus however, whatever I feel like. But I don't feel like I post a lot. Like, you have to scroll really to see booty pics. I try to do, like, transformation booty pics mm -hmm. more than anything. My story, I might be a little bit more about showing my body off, but I also really have come into a place with myself where I'm really confident in my body and, like, I'm not shy, I'm yeah. not nervous, uh, what people are going to say or think about me. 
So I'm just kind of got, come to a place where I just post however I feel. Yeah. I think it's great though because I think bodybuilding or fitness in general, it does more for somebody's confidence than anything. Like you're able to walk in the room, command the room, all eyes on you, which if you can do that appropriately and you can make it work for you, like oh, yeah. you made a business out of it. Right. Which is fucking awesome. I made a business out of it, which, right. I, which I love. Um, the choice to dive in 110%, leave corporate America, did that come parallel with the website? So, a lot of things added up to that moment where I finally left. There was, new, there was a new manager that came in, okay. and they were changing things, and I was like, this isn't fit with what I want. I actually was working from home a couple days, so I was driving almost an hour to work. Okay. And so there was just a lot of things that lined up, and we were like, all right, you know what? This is kind of the time. The time is now to just take this leap. And if it doesn't work out, I have a lot of experience. I had a lot of other job offers, the opportunities that were great. But I also always been the kind of person to take direction well. Okay. Like I don't I'm like being told what yeah. to do. So it kind of made sense for us to be like, you know, let's start our business. Let's just do this. Like, and it's been full time now for four years now. Three. Three years. Yep. Everything you imagine. Uh, it's been hard. So no. I, I think people underestimate the amount of work that you oh, have Jesus to do. Christ, yes. I'm working all the time. When I'm on my phone, people are like, you're always on your social media or whatever. I'm like, no, bitch, look, I'm working. Like, my job is from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. Like, I'm always doing something. I'm always thinking of creative content. I'm always thinking of ways I can help people. Writing a blog, doing a podcast, doing like a collaboration. There's always work to be done when you're doing your own business and a small business of that. Like, we finally started adding staff, so it's made my life a little bit less sure. crazy. But it wasn't as easy as I envisioned. How many online clients? Currently, um, we have 130 people in our app. It's awesome. Great. Yeah. Currently. That's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work, but we have a really great team, and we do have a thing where we want to provide really, really great content um, and just overall experience for our people. So that's why we had to add more people. Because I can't. 130 people. You think I could do that by myself? No, not a chance. No, not at all. Well, how about in person? Um, I don't do it. Like with checking, so all your competitors and stuff, you never have in person stuff. So I do posing sessions okay. in person, but just the local people. I do FaceTime. So mostly, because this is what I love about online. I do FaceTime a lot. Like we do, or Zoom calls mm -hmm. where we're able to talk, and like I feel like it's more personal for people to be able to at least see me, even if it's not face to face. I prefer face to face if I could. I don't really have time for that. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, but I I know that that sets us apart because I do a phone call before you start with me. We see each other, we talk, we get to know each other. They do another call midway through, they do another call at the end, and then it's just constant contact. And I think that's huge. Having communication is a big deal with online business. You have clients from all over the states. All over the world. So like, where where are some like crazy places that you? Have so there was a girl in Africa. There's a girl in Greece. Currently, I have a girl. I really can't remember where exactly. I think it's. Somewhere in the Caribbean, um, I had a girl in, in Asia. I actually have a, a couple. I get a lot of deployed people too. Sure. She's in Kuwait. Um, I had one that was in Cuba. Something all over. I don't awesome. even remember. It's super cool. It's the only thing we have to adjust, obviously, is the time difference and stuff like that. But yeah, that's what you said. You work from like the moment you get up to the moment you get right. back. Yeah. Um, which is a constant thing. Like, what's the what's your goal? Like, what's the end goal? To, to be able to change everyone, to change lives, to speak truth to people, to empower other people to take their lives over and be in control of what they want, to literally wake up every single day the way that I do. Yeah. I want everyone, 
I mean, I'm not happy every motherfucking day. Let's be real. I have shitty days. But I love my life right now. Like, I'm really happy. I wouldn't change any part of it. I'm constantly being better and growing. And I want other people to be able to do shit every day that they love. I know so many people who are like, I hate my job. Mm -hmm. I'm miserable. I hate my life. So that's why a lot of them don't go to the gym. That's why a lot of them don't care, take care of themselves. That's why they're weekend warriors. Because they wait until Friday and then they're free. And I want to help people be able to... I'm not saying I'm going to be able to help everyone start their own business, but I want people to learn how to live a life that they could die tomorrow and be happy. That's the goal. Right. I, die, die happy. Die happy, die happy. feeling like they, they made a difference in the world. Podcast. So you just did your first episode. Yep, sure did. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what's the premise of the podcast? Like, what's the background? So what is my... Like, what's the, what's the why behind the podcast? So the why behind the podcast is I've always wanted to be able to I feel like I'm pretty good mm -hmm. at talking. I think I'm pretty good at being someone you can listen to. And, and I like to be able to change people's mindsets and be able to help people see things in a light that they might not have been able to see before. Um, the goal really is to have a platform, honestly, to just make people fucking feel powerful. I know I keep saying the same thing, but I want people to leave my podcast and be like, I can fucking do whatever it is. That whatever's separate in their life, you know, whether it's being a doctor, whether it's traveling, being a world traveler, whatever it is, I want people to leave and be like, I can fucking do this. Like, I can do whatever the fuck it is that I want to do in my life and no one is going to stop me or, or hinder whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish in this life. Right, and it's going to be available with iTunes, Spotify, all the yep. platforms. Yep. So do you have a different topic every every episode? Is that kind of like what yep. you're going to go for? Okay, is it going to be weekly? Yep. You're killing it. Uh-huh. I'm excited. I already have it. You know I already have like a whole schedule planned out. Um, and then my second season, I already have plans for that. So it's mostly just going to be, I mean, manifesting the life that you want and, you know, not having a quitter's mindset and just things that I think like the 10 kind of tips are what I want to start off with on how to be successful in your life and how to basically take over your world. Mm -hmm. We all have our own little worlds and our own little situations. So taking over that world that you live in and just making it fucking everything that you ever imagined. It's awesome. Yeah. So what, what's left for you to do? Like, what's something that, that that's a far-fetched goal that you still want to accomplish? Um, I like eventually... Like, is it done? Are you done with me? Are you still... No, I still got shows. I mean, it's cool. I want to go to Olympia. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, it's still something I want to do. Okay. Um, and then when I'm done with that sport, you know I have to find another one. And maybe I'll be the next Ronda Rousey and beat the shit out of people. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but as far as, like, me personally, my career goals with what we're doing with Ocon, we want to create uh, something that helps everyone grow, not only our clients, but also people who want to coach, who want to change lives, who want to have that platform. We're creating a, an opportunity for people to join what we have, being coaches under, underneath our, our umbrella, but we're helping them to be able to eventually leave us and do it on their own. Um, but really for me personally, what would make me the happiest at the end of all this is being able to speak and have my own seminars, my own events where I can basically have women come and just empower them. Right. And maybe one day I'll write a book. I've got a lot of people that used to write a book. Be cool. So maybe. And you, already, you kind of do speaking engagements, right? Like there's a there's a women's fitness event here like in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, yeah, I did do that. So, um, I don't think that's more bench. I think that's what's no. important, especially podcast. All these different platforms, like you're leveraging every platform you can to build up your brand. But it's a good thing because the bigger your brand gets, the more people come. Yep. And um, that's, that's ultimately, that is my goal. A lot of people, I feel like they want money. Who the fuck doesn't want money? But I want to be the person who Someone's like, I changed my life because because of what she said or what she went through or what she told me, my life is forever changed. Sure. 
All right, we're going to have a podcast tonight. Kind of a tough question. Maybe okay. it's not. Okay. But like, are you afraid of getting old? Um, no, God, no, no. I am so excited every year. I had a girlfriend cry when she turned, I forgot what age, 20, no, 30. Okay. She turned 30 and she cried and I was like, man, we are growing. We are evolving. We are becoming better versions of ourselves. I would never want to be 20-year-old Angie again. I, and could, if, you be, my, could you go like that again? No, okay. but what I what I would what I do want is I know that in another ten years, if my life keeps going the way it is, I can't wait to be forty years. I can't wait to see what she can accomplish. I can't wait to see what kind of a maybe mother, wife, whatever that I become. No, I'm not afraid of all. I I embrace that. I look forward to it. So little, little little Angie's is what we're looking for. Oh yeah, we got a little, little sassy little sassy Angie's yeah, running around. It's gonna be, it'll be fun. For yeah, you. it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be a mother someday. Yes, but I really do look forward to getting old. Absolutely. I mean, I'm lucky I even made it this far. There's people who never made it to my age, and so, so I'm grateful for. And now you're alone. now you directly helping people live longer. Yeah. Through personal act, choices exactly. that you help them So. Yep. Guys, you guys can follow her. We'll have all the social media stuff on the webpage for thisdisciplinedcom podcast. Check out her podcast. What's it called? It's called Boss Drive. That's easy. Boss Drive <laughs> on every platform. Uh, again, follow her on all the social media channels. Thank you so much. Yeah. This weird shit. Like, I don't know. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that was my interview in person, live and in person, literally just last week here in Minneapolis, Minnesota with Angie Marie O'Conn. Uh, as you can tell, this girl's got her, she's got her shit together. She knows what she wants to do. She knows what she wants to accomplish, and, and she knows what she doesn't want to do because she's experienced and been through so many different things. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed this interview with her. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with her. It's, it's cool now that we're friends. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see her path and her success as she grows her brand. And, uh, you know, we're in the same area, so to, to have that connection is great because if there's anything I can do to help her out, awesome. I'm sure she would reciprocate that same same gesture to me as well. Uh, we're going to be working on di- uh, basically dialing up a bunch of cool interviews coming up here shortly. We got, we're going to have Shane Smith and Mike Roberto from Price Plow and Stack to come back on the show to do kind of a, a state of the supplement industry podcast here soon. Uh, we have uh, the Gorilla Chemist from Chemex going to be on here as well, talk about his new line, talk about his his nerdiness because this dude is uh, he's on another level of science so uh again i appreciate you all tuning into this podcast i appreciate you powering through the dual audio system uh we will probably have to do this again with angie because i'm pretty sure people are going to request to have her back uh we just kind of scratched the tip um you know just a little bit here on, on the podcast so again if you like what you heard hit that subscribe button subscribe to us here on youtube give us a review and rating to help out that algorithm to stay up to date with all things here uh keep, it'll push us up in the in the ranking system so more people can experience and discover the be informed live fit podcast here from fitness informant make sure you follow us all our social media channels we're on instagram facebook snapchat and twitter and uh if you are on youtube watching this make sure you subscribe on youtube or go over to the youtube channel and subscribe to stay up to date with all the things that we're doing here in the in the world of fitness and nutrition so until next week y'all we hope you got some nuggets of information you guys are educated you're informed let's go hang loose 